Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Sue. Hi, guys. I'm Sue. I'm a compulsive overeater, restrictor, and orthorexic. Hi, Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, full disclosure, I don't know that I'm going to be able to stand for 30 minutes, so I'm going to see. I'm going to do the best I can if I have to sit. It's okay. Um, I have an autoimmune disease. I actually have a couple that make my body really weak, and uh, it's a miracle just to be standing here at all. And, um, oh, man, I'm going to cry so early. Um, I just, like, there's just nothing better. There's nothing I'd rather do with my very limited energy than to just be here in a room with you guys. Um, So, yeah, um, I was just thinking about my... My, I thought my earliest memory of being a compulsive eater was being at a birthday party when I was, like, six, maybe, and they cut the birthday cake, and it was just these tiny, <laughs> ridiculous pieces of cake, and I was like, are you people insane? Like, <laughs> we're going to have a problem. Like, this isn't going to do it, and thinking about, like, ways to create a diversion in the other room to, like, get everyone to evacuate so I could, like, sneak back in, but I just remembered an earlier one. I must have been like three or four, and I was at the doctor, and I got interventioned about apple juice. Like, I was having too much apple juice, and it was too much sugar. And I remember it because the doctor said I could only have eight ounces a day, and I thought he said mounces, and I thought that meant mouse portions. And I was like, great, eight mouse portions a day. Like, And it's so funny to me because um, like. <laughs> There was, just, there was, like, a time when I had a chocolate chip thing, and I would keep, like, a bag of chocolate chips in my fridge, and I would get, like, like a mouse portion at a time. Like, I would get, like, one chocolate chip or two, and I'd be like, that'll be fine. And then I'd go back, and I'd sit down, and I'd have them, and then, like, 30 seconds later, I'd go back, and I'd go, like, two more. That's it. That'll, that'll, that'll do it. Until I was, like, halfway down the bag, and I would throw it out like it was a demon and be like, get out of here, you know? Um... Yeah, I got it. I got this thing, you know. Um, it still blows my mind that we go, we go in rooms and we just talk about this stuff. I never talked about this stuff with anyone until I came into these rooms. Um, I don't, I don't know why I have this thing, but you know, it's not really my. I'm not entitled to know why. It's not my responsibility to know why. Um, but, you know, I think I suspect it's in my family. Everyone's always had food stuff and weight stuff. And, like, it's like currency in my family. It always was like, oh, were you not hungry? You didn't finish. Oh, like, you know, or like, wow, you must have been hungry. You had that whole thing. Or there's just weird, if I come home and I've lost weight, it's like, <gasps> and if I haven't, it's like, oh. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's just weird dynamics. Um, I I asked for a treadmill for my 14th birthday. My mom was like, that doesn't sound fun. I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Like I can just I can just run and and fix my life, you know? I can I can I can 
fix every problem in my life if I just am on the treadmill long enough. And I, I really thought that was true. Um, I, I just didn't think I had a problem. I'm, I mean, I was never, you know, I have... My biggest thing is, like, I would just gain a little bit of weight, start a diet, wreck it by noon, start another one, wreck it by seven, start another one, like, day after day after day. But I had these long periods of um, the illusion of control, you know. And I had a, I've had a lot of trauma in my life, like a lot of us in here. No one really gets here because everything worked out the way they thought it was going to, you know. Um, and I don't know. I, You know, it's like I'm saying the thing that I can't believe I'm going to say, which is I'm really grateful for my past, hard as it's been, because I don't know if my eating disorder would have gotten bad enough that I would have needed help the way I needed help. Um, any the, the times in my life, you know, um, like when I was diagnosed with the disease when I was 24, and it was like also a breakup and also other stuff was happening in my life. Um, I mean, it, it was like gasoline in a match, you know? It's like I had this like period, these periods of just feeling like I could eat like a normal person and it wasn't a big deal, and then something in my life would go wrong, and it was like I would just be at... Whole Foods with a baguette and a thing of brie in my car, eating like a raccoon, just like <laughs> you know. Um, I I had this like I you know I I would like get a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's and I would really think I was gonna put it in a bowl. I really did, <laughs> and I was just gonna have like you know, just like a normal human person amount. Um, and then I would get I would get down to like the last couple bites and I would think, I don't understand how it happened. I don't understand how it happened. And then there then there's a debate about the last couple bites and what to do about that. But, you know, I would just think like, that was weird. And then like I would do it again the next day and think, that was weird. And then the next day, that was weird. And it was like thousands of completely unconnected events. Not an eating disorder. Just like all of these weird days I was having. (laughs) I just like, I really, really didn't want to know that I had this thing. My boyfriend had a thing. He was an alcoholic, which also wasn't a thing for years. That he was just Irish for years. You know, I didn't want to know about that thing either until it got really bad. And then I was like, you have a thing. and That's our problem. And um, after a crazy night in Honduras, he, um, it became clear, it was like, okay, like, it's over, you know. And he went to AA, that was it um, for him. He went to AA, and he stopped drinking, which was miraculous, but also the rest of his life got better. And I was like, yo, what are you doing? How are you doing that, you know? And he was, and I was so miserable. So this was like almost four years ago. I was really, really sick at the time. Looking back, it actually seems like not that bad. Um, this last year has been like really rough for me, my health. But at the time, I was in a lot of pain. I was pretty immobile. I was so depressed. And I was having weird days with Ben and Jerry's every single day. And then like starting a new diet that was going to change my life and planning how much weight I was going to lose by my birthday and looking at the calendar and thinking, okay, I've got eight weeks. So I can lose two pounds a week. You know, just like strangling my day planner to death. Um, and, you know, my boyfriend was getting getting better in AA, and he said, I think if you just found a power greater than yourself, and it was like he, 
it was, I was like a vampire in the light. I was like, don't, no. I, I like, and it's so funny, like I thought I was just like a hard atheist. And in, in this program I've discovered, like that wasn't always the case. I just like blocked it out. Um, when I was in my late 20s, I got pregnant by accident. And because of one of the diseases I have, it's very dangerous for me to be pregnant. And it had to be terminated. And something in my brain snapped. And I became, I overnight, PTSD that actually really harkened back to a lot of old trauma, but it was just kind of like exploded at that point. Um, panic disorder, depression, anxiety, like the whole thing. And that's when my, that, I remember the moment when I was like, oh, there's absolutely no God. Because how would this be happening? And, and more than that, it was, I don't want to believe in a God that lets this happen. That's, that's messed up. And simultaneously, um, my food got weirder. My, my, um, my drive to exercise got weirder. By that, I mean, like, I thought I had to work out every day to, re- to keep my place on the planet. It was, like, scary to me to not work out. I was never, I wasn't the one spending like six hours in the gym. I was the one having the debate of like, my body hurts, I'm tired, I don't think I can work out, but I have to, and like sobbing quietly in a room (laughs) where there's no problem. Um, And uh, yeah, things just went like so off course. And so by the time, you know, years later, my boyfriend's talking about a higher power, I was like, it's messed up that you would even say that to me. Like, it just felt like, it just, um, it was terrifying. I was so afraid of praying to something and finding out that nothing was there. I still am. I have a practice now where I write every morning for 20 minutes. I cannot recommend it enough. I never would have done it unless things got really, really bad, which they did in the last few months. Um, But I I sometimes challenge myself to write to God and ask God to write back through me. And every time I'm terrified, this is going to be the moment when I find out there's no God. (laughs) This is going to be the moment. Are you ready? It's Tuesday at 9 a.m. Are you ready? You ready to find out there's no God? And, um, you know, and every time I get a miracle. Just throwing that out there. Um, My first miracle that I remember was being miserable having I like I was having a really bad pain day and I said out loud like I need a grilled cheese and I heard how crazy that was I was like what is that even gonna do and I just like I like heard it I was like what what you need a lot of things but like how how is that one of them um and I like I, I you know and um I was reading a biography at the time and I just like opened up and there was a story, and the guy was telling this story about being at an amusement park, and there's this 12-year-old girl, and she's with her older friends, and they're on the line to go on this really scary roller coaster. And this guy was like, oh, I should step in, and she's not going to like this. This is going to be, like, way too scary for her. But then he doesn't, because he's like, oh, that's creepy. And so they get on the ride, and the ride starts, and he's sitting across from her, and she's, like, white knuckles, terrified, looks like she's going to barf, wants to be off the ride, and he's like, oh, God, I should have stopped her. I should have said something. And then 30 seconds later, she looks a little more relaxed, and then 30 seconds later, she's kind of into it, and then 30 seconds later, she's having the time of her life. And she's like, oh, my God, can we do it again? Can we do it again? And he said, I watched someone grow. I watched someone get stronger. And I read that, 
and I just heard. I just heard and saw and felt something in me say, just go to an OA meeting. Just go. Put on your pants. Go. And I went. I went that day. And I thought I was going to walk in and everyone was going to be 900 pounds or like 60 pounds. And everyone was going to be like, oh, sweetheart, you don't have a problem. We have problems. You don't. Look at you. You're fine. You know, and that didn't happen. Um, instead, I know. I know. Instead, um, everyone said, you know, I've heard people say, like, I came, I came to OA and I heard my stories. Um, and, you know, I came and I heard my secrets. I heard the things that I would never even think of saying out loud, not even to myself. People were talking about being selfish and being, um, you know, uh, narcissistic. And I was like, do you know people can hear you? Like, stop. Everyone's going to hate you. Like, what are you doing? And what does that have to do with anything? Like, tell me how to stop eating, uh, you know, a grilled cheese when I'm in pain. Like, that, I don't, I'm not selfish. I'm not angry. Stop, you know, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I'm not angry. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, and... I just sat and sobbed. Something inside me was, like, clawing its way out, and um, and I just knew. I knew, like, this is this is the place, you know, and I think someone in that meeting said, the good news is there's a solution. The bad news is it's us. And, <laughs> and for me at first, like, that was really bad news. I remember, like, I wanted, I wanted to work the steps, and I had this friend who was an NA, and I convinced him to, like, email me his steps, because I was, at, at that time, but this was, like, pre, at this time, I was, like, I just don't have an addiction, so, like, I'll just work it around, and it, like, I didn't, I misunderstood the assignment, but so I was like, I was like, I read the whole intro to these MA steps, like, what was I going to do? I don't know, but I read the whole intro, and I was like, okay, 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 get to it, get to it, and it said, there's no wrong way to work the steps. The only wrong way is to do it alone, and I was like, are you kidding me? I was so mad, and that's basically what the guy said. He was like, sorry, it's us, you know, and I was like, no, but okay, you know, I had to be in so much pain to be willing. I thought OA was the place where, like, when everyone's just given up and it's over and it's, like, these sad people. And it's like, yeah, everyone has given up. They've given up the really difficult road of doing it alone and going in circles and circles and circles. Um, and I remember telling someone after the meeting, I was like, you don't understand. It's like, I'll, I'll buy something. And I'll be like, I feel like there was a reason I shouldn't eat the whole thing of this. I don't remember. Oh, it'll come to me later anyway. And I just eat it. And then I, like, wake up from it. And she's like, oh, I call that a shark attack. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you, I was like, you didn't, like, wince when I said that. And you have a name for it. And it's, like, cute. <laughs> like, I was like, what are we doing here? And, um... Yeah, you know, I wanted to get better, like, this much more than I wanted to be alone. And it was enough. It was enough. Um, I just kept coming back, and I said in my second meeting, I said, I have no idea how this is possibly going to work, but I'm just going to show up and find out. And it's the greatest thing I've ever done. I don't know how this is going to work, so I'm not going to do it. It's very different than I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's how I got better. It's been three and a half years. Um, my, my abstinence is no binging, which I define as when I, when I recognize that my body is, like, full to the point of discomfort and I decide to take another bite, mm. that's a binge. My body is often uncomfortable so for a variety of reasons. So it's, like, it, 
it takes a lot of awareness, but when I decided, when I, you know, you know the switch that flips. Um, another part of my abstinence is no indulging in negative self-talk. doesn't mean I don't have it. It means I have a lot of it. And when I hear the negative self-talk, I have 24 hours to tell someone about it. And then, you know, and for me, self-talk is... It used to be so bad. It was so bad when I first got abstinent. I was like, am I schizophrenic and I'm just waking up to the truth of this? Like, because there were just voices in my head that were like, what's wrong with you? You're never going to be anything. It's too late. It's all over. Everyone's disappointed in you. Like, just like a, like a machine gun of thoughts. And so now I just, um, I tell someone about it and I get someone else's point of view other than mine. I check in with my higher power and with another person instead of checking in with my anxiety. If I ask my anxiety, hey, do you think I'm enough? It's like, no, dude. And it'll always say that. It will always be a no. There's no, I could be like Nobel Peace Prize winning size two. The fact that I just put those in a sentence means I don't You know, what can you do? It's a daily reprieve. Um, Imperfect. But it's never, it's never enough. Uh, And so I asked someone else. Uh, negative self-talk includes, you know, this last year my body just was falling apart and I didn't have a diagnosis for a little while and it was terrifying. And I would be up at night shaking, hyperventilating, feeling like I was dying, and the thoughts in my head were like, it's cancer, it's ALS, it's Parkinson's, it's cancer, it's definitely cancer, it's cancer of the everything, you know. Um, that's negative self-talk. In this program, it took me... It took me three years to meditate, I'll be honest. I was like, do people really meditate? Yeah, they do. They do. That's real. Um, and they do it because it works. And, you know, I needed things to get really difficult for me to start meditating. And now, now I see my thoughts. I see um, hopelessness is a thought. Anyone who's feeling hopeless right now, it's a thought. It can't be real because you don't know what's going to happen because you're not a wizard. <laughs> you're just not. So, like, best news of the day. Um, so, the other parts of my abstinence are no diets, no deadlines, and no damage control. Diet, I mean, I think, you know, diet, we know what it is. Um, deadlines are like, I'm going to lose this much weight by my birthday or your birthday or, like, whoever's, um, or this vacation or this family visit. No, I don't set arbitrary deadlines. And that includes with my health. I wanted to get healthy enough to be able to, like, you know, be here and stand up for 30 minutes. Uh, So far, I'm doing okay. But, like, it's not fair. It's out of my control. You know, at a certain point, I have to let go Um, and not try to, you know, for years, I just thought if I got everything perfect, I wouldn't be sick anymore. My orthorexia has a lot to do with that. I thought if I ate all the perfect things and got as many nutrients as possible and did everything right, I just wouldn't be sick. And every day I woke up still sick, I felt like a failure. And it's just mean. It's just really mean. And, um, you know, and actually right now, like, I technically am on a diet for medical reasons. I don't eat grains, sugar, dairy, corn, soy, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, eggs, nightshade vegetables, booze. Anything else? I don't know. Is there anything left? Um, and the miracle is, like, when I came into program, I couldn't even stop eating Ben and Jerry's, even though I knew I was allergic to dairy. And now, like, I haven't eaten any of those things in years, and I'm okay, you know? Um, it, it's completely miraculous. I remember when I found out I had to give up all those foods, I, like, I mean, if you had told me that four years ago, I'd be like, I guess I'm going to 
die then, right? <laughs> what else do you do, right? Um, but I do that today with the help of my higher power and you guys. Um, and no damage control means, um, you know, if I have a weird meal, I don't do anything about it. I can think the thoughts, but I don't do anything. Um, because the doing the thing is what gets me back in the cycle. Um, and yeah, you know, I, it's been, it's been slow. Um, it's, it's like slow and then all at once. It's like these inch long steps and then all of a sudden you turn around and you've gone a mile. Um, there are things that I thought were patently impossible when I came to this program. Having a relationship with my mom was one of them. Today, I have zero resentment against my mother, who did a lot of messed up stuff. But, like, I, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Um, I thought I needed certain things to be happy. I thought I needed the career to be exactly here and the body to be like that and the money and the relationship, you know. Um, and at a certain point, I remember I was, I was doing some writing a couple years ago, and I was like, what is this thing? Like, what's this big hurt? That, like, every time something doesn't go my way, it, it like, hits the big hurt, you know? And, and I realized, like, there was this buried belief that there's this other life that I could have had. And I wasn't sick, and my relationship with my mom was great, and there was no abuse, and there was no sexual assault, and there was no illness, and my career was effortless, and my relationships made sense. And, um, and like, wow, did I mess up because I'm in this life. And I remember writing that and going, like, uh, like, I think that's checkmate, right? That's, like, you, how do you move on from that? Like, that's, of course, like, of course I'm eating like a maniac. Who wants to know about that, you know? Um, and that's what I was doing. Every time I ate when I wasn't hungry or ate things that weren't loving or, like, you know, forced myself to work out, I was just trying to squash. I was just trying to unknow the things that some part of me knew. But the thing is, some part does know, and that part wants to be heard. And um, that was one of my first experiments with asking God, thank you, with asking God, can you just write through me right now? Can you write to me right now? Because I don't have anything good to say about that. And what God wrote back was, this was always the path. That other life is a fantasy. So you can go to that funeral if you want, but no one died. Like, you made that up. And you have an actual life that's here right now. So, you know, maybe, maybe try living that one, enjoying that one. Um, and, and that was huge for me. A couple days ago, I, I did um, some more writing, and I was, you know, it's been like a really rough time with my health, and it's really scary sometimes. Um, and, this, and, like, it's like healthy is the new skinny. Like, I think I need to get better to be happy, you know, on my worst days. And um, I wrote... To God, I realize, like, I'm trying to manipulate God into making me feel better. I'm, like, trying to think the right thoughts and do all the right things and get everything perfect and, like, not rock the boat because, like, because God's going to punish me with pain if I do anything wrong. And I realize, like, that's really manipulative and also it's pretty, it's pretty dumb to think, like, I'm, I'm going to trick God. I, you know, God knows a lot, but, like, I know how to manipulate um, also, like, that's not God, that's my mom, you know, <laughs> so, like, that's good to, you know, make that distinction, but, um, I asked God again, like, can you write through me, and this kind of blew my mind, God wrote back, the world is not yours to understand, so just stop trying, but it is yours, 
it's yours to experience. And that's what I get in this program, you know. Um, I heard someone say, don't waste your suffering. And I'm really trying not to. I'm, I'm diving deep. I'm, like, meditating and, like, you know, um, listening to spiritual podcasts and, like, writing and filling myself up with all this stuff. And I am growing. Like, I've, the fact is, like, the last year has been one of the hardest years of my life. It's also been the year when I've gotten the biggest spiritual gifts. And so, you know, nothing is one thing. Um, and I stand here right now. I'm going to blow my own mind and say, like, I actually, I love my path today. It's, I might change my mind in, like, four minutes. <laughs> but right now, I do. You know, if I'd gotten everything I wanted, I wouldn't know any of you guys. I, I wouldn't be able to be of service to the people that I'm of service to. The, the deeper the, you know, I'm trying not to curse. Uh, what's another word for shit? Uh, well, you get it. Um, the deeper the shit you get into, like, the more you can be of service to people who think they are beyond help. I get to be the person that I needed, and that is redemption. It means it wasn't wasted time. And that, like, I just, I'm getting my life back, you know? It's, it's so miraculous. Um, so, yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing today. I'm willing to do the things. This program has taught me to do the things, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't think it's going to work. And, um, yeah, the loudest thought is not necessarily the truest thought. You're not a prophet. Also, great news. Your thoughts don't mean that, like, they're going to come true. Like, you know, um, that's it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a mental and spiritual disease as much as it is physical. And everything I thought I needed to be happy was just what I thought I needed to get self-acceptance and self-love. And lately I've just been hearing this little voice that's like, girl, you can have that right now if you want it. And I, I do. I'm, I'm doing things that I would have rolled my eyes at so hard, even like six months ago. When I'm having a feeling, I'll put my hand on my heart and go, I'm sorry you're scared right now. And I'm like, oh, but, oh, but yeah. Yeah, and, like some, and it gets better, and I feel better. I'm like on my own team today. I was on anyone else's team of mine before, you know? It's about the food, and it's also about, like, terror of the universe and, like, mortality. And, it's, you know, it's, like, about the food, and then you peel the layers and you see that um, it's not. Um, and I'm just so grateful I don't have to do that alone. I was so pissed I didn't, that I had to, you know, come here, and, and now it's, it's just, like, the greatest joy of my life. And, um, yeah, keep coming back. Don't leave before the miracle happens. There's a lot of miracles. Every day I ask God, I actually demand for miracles, and every day I get them, and sometimes they're small, but they keep me going, you know, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm just so grateful to be of service, and I'm grateful for you guys being here. Thanks so much. Okay, so I guess we have time for questions. Mm -hmm. Thinking so much, that was an amazing year. How do you um, deal with, or do you get into like, self-pity around your health issues, or just feeling like you're missing out on things, and then how do you like use your program tool to get through that? Yeah, so the question was, um, do I get self-pity around my health and missing out on things, and how do I use program? Um, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and self-pity is a dead-end road. Um, and it feels so reasonable, it, you know, I'm like, I'm like, who would want this? Um, yeah, I do all the time. And, and, um, I heard, it was actually like, it was just in a yoga class or something. I was like holding a pose for a long time. And the teacher was like, okay, you know where it sucks. 
Like, everyone was, like, shaking, their thighs were burning, and she was like, you know where it sucks, but is there anywhere where it's easy right now? Maybe it's, like, your fingertips or, like, your nose. And can you make space for both of those things? And I had this epiphany, like, oh, I think that's what self-compassion is, you know? As opposed to self-pity is, like, I'm only looking at the bad stuff, and I'm like, that's my whole life. And um, self-compassion is making space for the whole picture. If you're not making the list of what's easy, you're not looking at the real picture. And so I'm a part of a gratitude email list of people in this program. Every day I spend like 10 to 15 minutes and I write gratitude. What really helps me is to write gratitude for things that I'm grateful for in this second, not just generally. Like a coat that's warm, you know, shoes that support me and feel good, you know, Um, people that look really nice. Um, (laughs) Gratitude. Gratitude is the real deal, and and it has helped me be in places that are terrifying and also like my life you know I really like my life today and I still get to have feelings it's not denying that it's hard um but it's like it's the seeking it's the seeking of the light you know and just connecting with other people anytime I'm of service I forget to be self-pitying so that helps a lot Yeah, so the question is, um, can I talk about my higher power in that relationship? Yeah, when I came in, I was unwilling to believe in anything, and I was told, you can act as if. So I would literally, I'd be walking my dogs, and I'd be like, okay, wizard in the sky, it's not real, help me stop eating. I was like, so, like, just um, very, uh, very elegant about it. Um, And and that was enough. That's what blew my mind. I faked it for a year, and that was enough. And then after a year, I was like, you know what, I'd actually like to feel something. That might, because people talk about feeling a connection and that it's actually starting to sound not cheesy and like it would be a huge relief. So I asked the thing I didn't believe in to help me believe in it, and that worked. And I was like, okay, I'm sold, you know. And I I still go through times where I'm like challenging God instead of believing in God. I try to just um, stay grateful and in expectation of God's miracles but um it changes for a while it was i won't say who but it was a tv mom i was like that's my higher power like you know and i was like god can figure out what i mean it's fine you know um i like that was the of the comforting image in my head sometimes uh, the way oh this was a big one i was um on a trip and i was doing a whale watching tour a couple years ago, and there were, like, these huge blue whales, like, 15 feet. They, like, rose up from the depths, 15 feet, and they were jumping and doing these things, and it was, like, terrifying and also deeply, deeply spiritual and magical. And I had this moment where I was like, oh, my God, if the whole point were for me to be a size two, why would there be whales? It doesn't make sense. Why would there be whales? Like, it's just... There's nothing to do with me. And, and like, it was, like, a very spiritual moment where I was, like, I didn't put them here. Something did. Like, being in nature, you know, I still don't know what my higher power is, and today I'm willing to not know. Um, I'm willing to engage with the mystery and err on the side of that being benevolent. And that's the difference for me. I came in with faith that the world was empty and cold and heartless. 
And I just very gradually switched it over to something more benevolent. And I just, even when I don't know what it is or don't really believe, I just talk to God all the, all the time, all day long, and say, God, help me walk across the parking lot. God, shut my boyfriend up. Okay, fine, change me instead. You know, like I just, every little thing, um, really imperfectly. And I curse in front of God I, because I think, like, I need to believe in a God that accepts me for me. So I'll be bratty sometimes. Um, and it's just like an ongoing curiosity that works for me. Is that it? Great. Thank you so much.